If you're good at something, never do it for free. Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu Tang Clan. And it's been a while uh, since we've recorded our last one. But who other than to bring Andrew Ramondi back on the pod as the NBA season starts tonight. And Andrew, we're getting this podcast recorded right under the gun uh, right before the season starts. So uh, there's no accusations of us cheating or basically yeah. getting a look at the, the season. So we're recording this at 515 um, East Coast time, so none of the games have started yet. And, yeah, I was gonna uh, say I was good. Oh yeah, I yep. was gonna say there too. One, it hopefully with our history of lengthy running times, especially in preview podcasts. Hopefully, we can get this done by the time the first game. I think it's Celtics Sixers tips off at seven thirty. Uh, and I also feel like it's very Kevin and the Wu Tang Clan NBA division of us to record an NBA preview podcast that will probably come out one day after the season starts. (laughs) But uh, the majority of the games, the majority, the league really goes into full swing tomorrow. So I think more people like the Knicks, the Nets, you know, they all play tomorrow. So I think our podcast will still be of utility to people who want to listen to it tomorrow also. So, uh, yeah, but excited to be back, man. Excited to just talk some basketball to you. We've both had things going on and like a lot has happened in the NBA since the end of the off season that like you and I just haven't even gotten the chance to discuss. And mm-hmm. as we'll get into, I think the the NBA is just in a pretty fascinating place and I'm excited to, to sort of hash it out with you because I'm not completely sure what to think about some of these teams myself. Totally agree. So, Andrew, we're going to actually do it a little bit different compared to previous seasons. I guess this is, what, season five of us previewing uh, the NBA season, I believe. I think it might be season five, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, But this year, we are going to do the wins draft that we've always done since the inception of this preview podcast. But what we're going to actually do is kind of go through our tiers first, and then we'll go through our wins draft. So, Andrew, do you want to explain uh, the wins draft so people kind of understand what's going on if they're just tuning in this year? Sure, sure. The wins draft, which, as you said, we'll kind of do rapid fire at the end of this podcast, as opposed to in previous years, we've kind of used it and literally talked about every single team this year in you know, to try and focus on some of the better teams and make sure that the majority of the discussion, we're just going to do the wins draft as kind of a, not a formality, but as more of a, you know, pinning down where we stand at the end. The wins draft works where you try, you are trying to, you and I go back and forth. Uh, We'll do it snake style this year because we're doing the whole league at once. We've done it by conference in past years. You and I go back and forth picking teams basically to have the most wins in the regular season in the NBA. 
Um, so it's not championship contention, as I believe that's how we're going to sort the tiers by. This is incredibly convoluted, isn't it? But yeah. um, <laughs> picking, picking the teams that will get the most wins in the regular season, and once you pick a team, they go off the board. So, you know, you're, you're heavily weighted towards regular season success in the wins draft format. And uh, over the years, I think we probably – Split it about equally. I'm going to guess you won more than me, but um, it's a good I think place it's to three, just sort two of. Me. Or, yeah, three, yeah, I think that, it might that, be two, two or three one me. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, that's what I would have. I would have guessed it was probably. Yeah, it was probably three one or something like that. But it's a good. It's a good way to sort of you know not only it values the the top teams, but also sort of values. Over the years, I think there have always been at least like one team that drastically the draft winner usually comes from sort of the middle of the packs, the middle mm-hmm. of the pack. So it, it's a pretty it's been a pretty useful exercise over the years. But, Kevin, that's not what we're doing right now. So what, no, what exactly are we doing right now? So right now, both me and Andrew, before we recorded the podcast, actually came up with tiers of um basically championship contenders and other tiers that we kind of made or named um, accordingly and all the way up until the last team, the 30th team in the league. And we just pretty much made our own tiers and we're here to come and talk about, talk about them. So first off, Andrew, how many championship contenders do you have? Like, so in, well, I was, okay. Yes. I will answer that. Yeah, yeah. How many cha- between both conferences? I, I, I kind of. I was gonna let me counter with the question to you. How many total okay. tiers did you make throughout the entire league? Because you were talking about parity, and I do agree there is parity. But within that, I was surprised by how many different subdivisions I kind of had. But maybe I was overthinking it. How many tiers I, did you have in total? I made. Six slash it could be seven. Okay, I I have nine. I have nine tiers, but I kind of made mine league wide. So I don't know if if had I done it by conference, I I would have fewer. So, but that is interesting. So, but in my top top tier, which I called, I gave them all because I feel somewhat. I feel like this is the year I've consumed the least amount of NBA preview content and then therefore the least prepared, I tried to compensate with humor. So my tier one of like the true contenders, I called tier one. I can see this team celebrating at half court with the Larry O'Brien trophy. And I put four teams in it. There are two from each conference. Uh, how many, how many do you have? Yeah. So I, I, I think I casted a wider net than you did across the okay. league. Um, I have six in this um, in this top tier. I called it the championship contenders slash champagne popping. So okay. um, so I I had six. I had three um, three from the west and then three from the east. So pretty evenly so you, split there. So do you want to do this conference by conference, or should we? So. I think we're going to do that, right? So who yep. are your Western Conference teams that you had in this tier? So I had in order Golden State, Phoenix, and the L.A. Clippers. 
Okay, that's interesting. Let's put a pin in Phoenix because I actually have them. Once again, I have nine tiers. I have them actually in my third tier. So okay. that's that's pretty interesting. Let's let's put a pin in them though. So let's talk. And in my first tier, the two teams I had out of the Western Conference were the Warriors and the Clippers. So are the Warriors the favorites to win the NBA championship next year in your mind? If you had to, if you had to pick, you know, bet your life on one team, let's even put it this way. If you had to bet your life on one team to make the finals, would you pick the Warriors or do you think it's someone else? I, to do a little bit of foreshadowing, if I had to bet my life on one team, I'd probably be betting an Eastern conference team. Okay, I feel the same um, way. I wonder if we're in lockstep NBA brain already, but that's, that's got interesting. It. But out of the West, I think Golden State looks fairly clear because there are so many unknowns with the other other Western Conference yeah. teams. Yeah. I think that's kind of what my thinking was with putting Golden State at the top of the West and – Obviously, you know, I don't know if you wanted to get into the whole Draymond drama and his impending, I guess, contract situation that that's coming up um, within the next year or two. But, like, it, if that didn't happen, I think I would feel a lot better about where this team was at. And they did lose pieces. They lost Otto Porter in the offseason. They lost Gary Payton uh, Jr. to your uh, Portland Trailblazers. So they, it's not like they they it's not like they didn't lose anything during the offseason. Sure. Um, and you know these types of teams as the as they win the championship, um, they get torn apart a little bit. But this yeah. Golden State team is probably the best to handle the loss in personnel with all of the young guys, hopefully um, that are supposed to step up like James Wiseman, Moses Moody, uh, Jonathan Kuminga. So I, I don't know like where you wanted to go in this, in the golden state direction, um, but kind of take it where you want to take it. Is this like, yeah. is this pure, is this purely like, Draymond potentially ruining chemistry with this Golden State team, or is is this team just too good to kind? Of, and you know, they're since they're such a veteran team, that won't affect them. Well, like it, it would have been a pretty bore. Like it would have been a pretty boring conversation about them had the Draymond stuff not happened, right? Because like mm-hmm. the reason I. And the reason I pose that question to you, even though I agree that there's an Eastern Conference team I quote-unquote like better to make the finals, the reason I think we both pretty solidly have the Warriors in this number one tier is just like minus those pieces you mentioned, the Peyton piece and the, and the, um, and the Porter piece, which really didn't come into play too much in the playoffs anyway. And historically, Golden State has been pretty good at finding guys to kind of either step up internally, like a Moses Moody or a Kamenga, like you mentioned, or picking guys up, kind of getting those value free agents. In this case, I guess like a Dante DiVincenzo. Like over the years, they've done a pretty good job of finding guys to fill in those role playing um, kind of uh, roles. So I'm not too uh, worried about that. 
but like like you the thing is continuity the point the point here i mean one thing that is i think should be pointed out is that the warriors weren't some sort of regular season juggernaut last year they were third Mm -hmm. in the western conference but i think that actually sort of leans in their favor this feels like a team that's not going to be pressing i mean it's kind of up until the Draymond thing, it felt like a team that was fairly equipped to handle the regular season, you know, and turn it on in the, in, you know, no matter how it goes and turn it on in the postseason and give or take the usual questions about, you know, the aging of its superstar, you know, it's core three, now possibly core four with Andrew Wiggins, who you would assume whose, you know, development was sort of the story of the finals last year. Right. Um, and he's young enough where you could see continued improvement. Like there wouldn't have really been that much to, you know, there wouldn't have been that many. You wouldn't have really been able to point at much disaster potential, except maybe some sports radio questions about looming contracts. And then, you know, a week and a half ago about now Draymond Green hits Jordan Poole in the face at, at, um, at practice. So like to save time, I don't think we should really rehash all the details on that, but you know, let's, let's, let me frame it this way to you. In the meantime, Wiggins and Poole have gotten extensions. They're, they're projected, I believe salary, including luxury tax for next year is already at almost half a billion dollars. What do you anticipate in making this, in making this, you know, decision to put the Warriors in the the Warriors as kind of a, a championship, a tier one championship contender in the East. Um, are we betting that nothing will happen with this? Are we betting that even if something happens, be it a trade or what have you, it won't damage their fortunes enough or something else? Uh, what What do you think? Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe it's just like this overarching chemistry thing. I don't know if a trade is going to happen with Draymond specifically, um, but it just feels like an overarching, oh, maybe this relationship with the team has run its course. Um, He hasn't, Mm -hmm. it's not like he's facing repercussions at all for this, uh, this incident or whatever you want to call it. But it, it, and, and for what he does on the court, and there were glimpses of what he had in the finals, and then I mean, there are times where he got benched in the finals. So like, yeah, like there's 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 things in his game on the court that he doesn't have compared to three to five years ago, and that's yeah. just the reality. And I don't know if they're the front front office wise are going to want to commit the amount of money that is going to be required to keep him there. And that's pretty crazy to think about, but at the same time, it makes sense because of like out of that golden state ecosystem, I'm not exactly sure what type of player Draymond is going to be. Um, And that's probably the, the worrying case for any other team that doesn't have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to space out around Draymond. So that's probably the 
that's probably like my thinking on it. I, it's, it feels like they're going to keep him and just like go for one, go for another run and just see where they can go from here. For me, the Wiggins piece is really interesting. Like that contract that he signed feels like he could have got a lot more money. Correct? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I thought he could have just gotten whatever he wanted. And, and uh, like, it doesn't, the the numbers on the paper aren't as eye popping as I would have thought. No, I mean Especially, in a world where in a world where like you look at the hero Anthony Simons type extensions that have been happening, even Poole who got paid more money than Wiggins did. When you look at those extensions and the looming you know rising cap, certainly you know his contract looks like a pretty nice value overall. Um, And it seems based on sort of comments that Wiggins was kind of just like, hey, you know, these guys kind of helped me out. They believed in me when no one else. It's kind of that classic. And we'll obviously talk about the inverse with the Draymond stuff. You and I have kind of talked about that Warriors culture over the years. And it seems like another instance of that in action where he's kind of like, hey, you know, I just kind of want to like keep winning. I like playing with these guys. Um and so, and, you know, it's still a good amount of money. So, uh, you know, I'll just take it, which you, mm. seems to be uncommon in the, in the NBA at large, not saying people are selfish or anything like, but that, that sentiment is pretty, has gotten, I would say, increasingly rare over the years. So, so I think you, you raise a good point there. For sure. And uh, like, not to kind of draw it out and, talk about every single player on this team, but some of the young guys like Moody, like Wiseman, Kuminga, like I'm curious to see which one of those guys steps up because they're going to be definitely getting more minutes. It seems like on this team. Um, So that's going to be a really fascinating, um, fascinating like storyline to kind of watch to see who's going to fill the, Porter, Otto Porter, Gary Payton minutes and who, like how, how that's going to happen, what, what it's going to look like. And especially with Wiseman, who's been injured and there's a lot of questions about whether or not he was worth that number two pick. And it's, I think it's like one of those make or break seasons for him. Um, Just hopefully he's able to stay healthy for the course of the season. That's like, yeah. that's like my thinking, but um, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. Like, yeah, go ahead. No. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Say, say what you were going to say. I'm sorry. Cause I want to jump no, no. back to the Draymond thing real quick and then we can move on. But, uh, no. but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, so, I just um, feel like, I just feel yeah. like, uh, I just feel like the young guys um, will be really interesting. And like, I don't know what you want. what do you want to say about Draymond? Yeah, no, I just wanted to kind of say the flip side of your of your point about like I totally take all agree with all of your points about Draymond on another team and like the lingering sort of question and this has been here for a while. This is not a recent a recent idea, this idea of what would Draymond be if not on the Warriors. But, you know, I do think there also it is important to con con consider the flip side of like what would the Warriors be without Draymond um just in the sense of like in the in that you know at their most deadly offensive moments their offense has still relied upon that two-man sort of dribble handoff game with him and Curry and simultaneously like you know a lot of a lot of that finals or like that run last year he guarded Nikola Jokic you know 
he mm. kind of guarded all these different guys. You know, he was in and out of the lineup during the finals, but he still guarded a lot of different guys, gave them that defensive versatility in, in the finals last year and sort of on their run. And, um, you know, that's not to say, like, maybe there is a world where, like, a guy like Kaminga takes a – who's kind of in that in that uh, legion of young guys you mentioned is kind of my pick to, like, take the next step this year. Like, maybe there is a world where a guy – like, those guys or a guy like Kaminga step up so collectively where it renders Draymond a little bit more um, – it renders him uh, his skill set a little bit more redundant, but I'm not sure I'm ready to get there yet. So I, I'm, we, but I agree that I lean. We don't really have enough time to spiral out all the possible options. But I will say I agree with you. Where I think I think they get over it and uh, they they kind of uh, they make one last run together because you know uh, I, and generally in the NBA, with the exception of like uh, the Kevin Durant thing. There's tended. I feel like the league over the last few years has tended to be like a where there's smoke, there's fire thing, type 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 thing with these kind of incidents where generally when the relationship gets frayed, it's completely fucked. But I will say I think Draymond's kind of an exception. It's important to remember, like in Kevin Durant's, ironically, last year he basically told Kevin Durant, I don't, we don't want you on the team anymore in the middle of the season. And they still made the finals and probably would have won it, but for a couple of injuries. So I think the team, like this is a test of that Warriors infrastructure. And until I see it get completely broken down, especially as it pertains to Draymond, given that they've kind of had to handle these sort of issues before I'm willing to bet uh, that, you know, it's, it's willing to handle, absorb, or, you know, at the very least, bury kind of the internal pressures that arise from something like this. You know, we could be mm. wrong, but I, I'm willing to still, it's not enough. It's not enough for me to, you know, knock them off the peg of tier one championship contender. Got it. Why don't we move on to the Clippers? Um, yeah. Because we I, both had them in our top tier. Yeah. And why? And I, yeah, I, I just feel like I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure many people would kind of pick the Clippers out of. And it feels like we've picked the Clippers, or at least I've picked the Clippers the past like two to three years. Once uh, Paul George and Kawhi kind of came to get together and made the partnership, and it's just never really come to fruition with all the injuries that have happened but, uh, with Kawhi. Um, but maybe it's just, like, the NBA preview pod that makes me, like, seduced by <laughs> Clippers, like, Clippers, like, uh, potential. But I feel like they have, like, just looking at the names. And maybe and, – and this is, like, the big caveat with, with this team – with all the guys that they have, they should be one of the teams that contend. Uh-huh. But at the same, but at the same time, it's all relying on like if Kawhi gets back to like yeah. what we thought of him pre-injury twenty 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 one. Correct. Like it yeah. just feels like it just feels like he's gonna be the one that's raising the ceiling. Uh, for this team and seeing how far that they can go. But just reading off the names, I'm going to just read off the names 
on Perfect. this team. Because I was, I was literally about to do the same thing, so, so go for it. Like, all these guys could probably play on in an NBA rotation. Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, Zubach, John Wall. Eh, John Wall's a, an iffy one. Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann. Um, who, who else have I missed? Like even yeah, even their deep bench guys like Amir Coffey have uh, sort of have shown uh, something. Have shown flashes, yes. Yeah, BJ like Brandon Boston, like all those guys have shown something, and yeah. like even John Wall, like he like even though he didn't play at all last year, it seemed like he was healthy enough to play. And I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. to see like how he ends up fitting into this into this mix, but is this one of those situations? And I'll, I'll kind of throw it to you re- while reading off all those names. Like, is this one of those situations that there's just too many dudes on this team and they don't really know who their guys are or like over the course of the year, they'll be able to figure all of that out. Yeah, it's possible, but I would kind of spin it. I would kind of spin it in another direction, right? Because, uh, and, you know, I think they are a common, you know, I think it is funny like that you and I, I think they have kind of been an NBA nerd sort of like contender pick that's, you know, over the past few years. But I think when you look like in this exercise, especially and we'll get to, like when you look at the NBA in general and the West, right, all of these teams have question marks to some extent, right? Like other than maybe like I would argue the Milwaukee Bucks in the East, like there, there's decent question marks in the form of some controversy or some, you know, sort of new player being reintegrated into the roster, like roster imbalance, you know, age, et cetera, et cetera, on basically every single team. Right. So, uh, you know, I, in my, so like, what are the things you're looking for in a contender? Like at this point, you're looking for that nucleus of high end talent, which in this case we clearly have in George and Leonard. Um, And you're looking at sort of like how many different and you're looking at that versatility, like too many guys as we get to the playoffs. Yeah, you might be right. But like in terms of navigating a regular season while you're where you're reintroducing Kawhi and, you know, you know, you're going to have guys who are sitting or resting for a certain amount of games in the regular season, I'm pretty happy to have too many guys and I'm happy to have pieces laying around, you know, uh, their asset base is pretty depleted, you know, but I, I like having guys around, you know, especially as we see, you know, we'll get to, as we talk about the end of the lineup, as teams potentially start to tank and offload guys or what have you, I don't mind having, you know, guys who you can play and package together for something. So, you know, like all of those things considered on paper, I, I feel as solid about the Clippers as every other team, you know, a guy like John Wall, to me, I'm not factoring him into my calculations too much, and I see him as more of kind of a, well, if he works out, he, it's almost like D-Rose from, from a couple years ago, sort of like, oh, he could end up being kind of a pleasant surprise, nice comeback story type thing. Now, I do mm-hmm. think there is another like kind of line of thinking that we should mention here, and uh, it was really funny. I actually saw a TikTok where like 
two sort of low-level NBA po- podcasters such as ourselves were talking about the Clippers, and one of them did this bit where they predicted what Bill Simmons would say about the Clippers, which is like, <laughs> ah, you know, this team, can I just see it? Can I just see it for two weeks before I'm ready to, you know, like, can I just see, like, I just want to see yep. it for two weeks before I'm ready to, like, I can totally get that line of thinking, right? Like, I do think there are probably a group of people listening to this or thinking about the NBA who who feel that way. But, you know, just to circle around to kind of my central thesis, basically every team in the NBA this year, you're going to have to see it. So in this exercise, uh, you know, I'm going to – you have to go off the paper on to some extent, and I think the paper is as good on this team as as any other. Yeah, I think that's, like, the thing that – I think that kind of went into my thinking with that overarching theme of the parity within the league in terms of, like, all these teams – feel fairly even at the top. Like, it doesn't seem like there's, like, maybe when at the peak of LeBron versus Golden State. It didn't feel – it doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. Where where there's, like, a clear-cut top two, and then everyone kind of falls in line from there. It just feels like, oh, I'm not – like, I have a decent feeling of who I think would be in the top, like – four to six teams, but all of them I would feel, I feel like have a fairly legitimate shot at making the finals um, in their respective conferences and like playing for the, for, for a championship, like we titled their tiers. So Andrew, anything else on the Clippers before I wanted to get to our East tier um, because yeah. you didn't name Phoenix yet, but I did. So we can talk about them a little later. But did you want to t- tell me your East here um, uh, or the two teams that you had in that yeah. championship contender? So once again, I, I think I probably cast it. I kind of delineate. I'm, I delineated between my contenders a little bit more than you did. So in my first year, which I called, I could see this team celebrating at half court with the Larry O'Brien trophy. I had two teams. I think you had three. My mm-hmm. two teams were the Milwaukee Bucks and the and the Boston Celtics. Okay, and I actually had seventy sixers in there, but um, okay, that... we can talk about the Sixers next because they're or after after that because I put them in I put them in my second tier, which I called. I can't see this team celebrating at half court with the Larry O'Brien Trophy yet, but it would be <laughs> kind of cool if it happened. So, so we can talk okay. about the Sixers next because I do see them as certainly a contender, albeit kind of a one E contender, as it were. So just just out of curiosity, when you said that thing about uh, the East, who who out of these two is is your kind of favorite? Because I'm I'm interested to see if we have the same thinking or not. I like the Bucks a lot. Um, yeah, me too. We're this. Have we done this on every single? I feel like we, we just have. Like the we always like the Bucks. We always like. If, I feel like if you trended this out, Giannis, why do we like man. the Bucks? Every Giannis, why do we like the Bucks? Oh man, Giannis! Like it just feels yeah. like. Doesn't it feel like that series last year? Like they should. Like it was. 
it was tough just because they didn't have Middleton playing in that yeah. in that series against the Celtics. It just feels it feels like something was missing in terms of um, like we were almost robbed of what it mm-hmm. could have been just because yeah. And and Giannis put on an an unreal like all time performance. It's just he just didn't have enough weapons because Middleton is such a significant part of their team. Um, and I don't, I, I'm, I feel like we talked about it last season, um, when the playoffs were happening, but we were pretty much in lockstep. I feel like if Middleton was playing in that series, we think they would have won. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Agreed. So, so like, that's pretty much me carrying that into this season and being like, yeah, I feel like Milwaukee, if they have everything together and everyone healthy, it would be fascinating to see them in the finals against someone like Golden State. Um, and just like how Golden State would try to defend Giannis and would would they even be able to? Like, would Draymond be able to stay in front of him? All these things. But I feel like it, you know, they pretty much brought back the same exact team as last year. Um, doesn't seem like there's anything different going into um, this season. Um, I believe Joe Ingles is on the team. That might be correct. He, he might be able to provide some type of depth coming off of an ACL. So, like, that could be, like, some little bit of a difference, but – I don't know, like, what what else do you see with this team other than maybe Giannis, like, just making a Herculean effort? Yeah, well, I will say, I will say I kind of like, you know, I like Giannis would be my MVP pick for the season. Mm, um, okay. I do think, I do kind of like, you know, la- like, one other thing, it kind of aligns with our Clippers pick, and obviously this bears more, I mean, it doesn't bear on regular season contention, because I don't. I don't know if I would take them number one. I probably would take them number one in the East in, in, in the wins draft to tip my hand a little bit, but it kind of relates to the Clippers thing of just like that high end talent and the consistency, right? Like at this point we've had like three, four years of the Bucks kind of showing this regular season consistency and we kind of know what they are. So therefore like the question does, yeah, become, is there any potential for like, growth as it pertains to Giannis and I'm not sure like growth is even the like word like the him suddenly shooting 40 percent from three or something like that but I just think there is that balance of like the effort he we've seen him sort of like give more when you didn't think there was any more to give kind of thing Mm. and and I think Mm. you know and I think that sort of growth I I'm not sure if we've hit the top of it yet uh, and I also think, like, just get not to just repeat what you said, but I think, like, we've talked about this team and in these terms for, for so long now that it's hard to hit on new topics. I think it really, when you come down to, like, are they the best team or the most viable team in the East, it does come down to that, would they have won the series with Middleton? I also say yes. And I think a lot of NBA analysts around the league say yes. So I don't think it's a particular, like, I think it's probably the safe pick. Um, I haven't looked at the, at the Eastern conference, like at the NBA title odds, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were number one 
in in Vegas for for all the reasons we mentioned. Agreed. So I think they're they're actually behind Boston. It seems like in their in oh the, interesting when I when I looked at the wins, um, Boston was projected at fifty three and a half. Uh, Milwaukee's 52 and a half with a plethora of other teams like I believe yeah, Phoenix and the Clippers. Yeah, that's uh, that's in wins you said. Yeah, wins. So yeah, that's that could not be... a particular surprise to me because over the years they're usually dealing with some sort of injury. You know what I mean? They're usually you know there was that year where they sort of were dealing with. Yon, injuries with Giannis for a lot of the regular season. A guy like Middleton will miss some time. A guy like Holiday will sit for a few games. That I'm not mm-hmm. particularly, uh, I'm not particularly uh, worried about. And yeah, they're actually behind the Celtics in the. Um, they're behind the Celtics in the. In and in, in Vegas's uh, futures, although only by like basically they have the. Clippers, Celtics, and uh, Warriors in the top tier at plus six hundred, and then the and then the Bucks at plus seven hundred. So it's just probably a small deviation as far as as far as things go. Um, let me ask you this question to kind of transition into the Celtics. Had this Ime Udoka thing not happened during the off season, would we would we feel this way? Do you think still or? Would we just be going, oh, this was a team that made the finals and got even better. They have Malcolm Brogdon now, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like, is the stink just on them and that's why? Or or was do you think there there was something else? Like, we would have been feeling this way anyway. You know, and I asked, that, I asked myself this question as we we're kind of prepping for the podcast. And... That I mean, that definitely contributed contributed to my thinking. But even then, I still might have taken Milwaukee. Um, yeah, and and that's kind of just that. Like it just basically was like a confirmation for me. Like okay, I can more comfortably choose Milwaukee over Boston in terms of how I feel about them. And in terms of, like, the Gallinari piece, I don't know if, how important that was going to be to them, but he's gone for the mm-hmm. season. Rob, yeah. Robert, Robert Williams is, like, recovering from surgery. So, like, yeah. even just, like, small little things that, yeah, not affecting Tatum, not affecting Brown, not affecting, like, the big important pieces for Boston – there's just a lot of things on the edges that are just, as they add up, they're going to start affecting the team, and that and and that sh- it's just enough to knock them off the top perch for me in the East. Yeah, East. yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair point, uh, and I think you know, in sort of going back to that theme of consistency, Udoka, the Udoka suspension, and you know, in in case no one, in case, you know, you've been living under a rock, the Boston Celtics coach, Ime Udoka, was suspended. Head coach was suspended for a year, uh, basically for having an improper, um, Shamsharani describes it as consensual, you know, and all we haven't had anything come out to the contrary yet. Uh, but improper uh, relationship with, with, a, with another team employee, 
who uh, is unknown, and we're certainly not going to be doing any. I feel like, you know, there was another a version of this pod. If we had done, a, like, the NBA scandal pod where we get out our NBA, our employ, I get out my employment law textbook, and we talk about journalistic ethics and the whole nine yards. But to, to do a probably oversimplification and breeze by of, of the situation, um, you know, it, it's just another data point in this sort of like, what is the possible uncertainty that this team could deal with? And, and you know, when you take that with the Williams stuff, when you take that with the, they're not really, um, they're not uh, going to be bringing Gallinari into the fold. Um, I really, I, you and I were both really excited sort of about Mal- the Malcolm Brogdon move for, in the off season, but he's a guy who's had health issues over, over the past couple of years. It just kind of all adds up to this overall feeling I have, which is like, yeah, they're still on the top tier, but, and I'm not um, like on the, uh, if on the balance of like some sort of regression or like, you know, it's important to remember that the Celtics started really, really bad last year. They were like a 500 basketball team until right around slash sometime around the all-star break when they turned it on. Um, but like, you know, the, the point I was trying to make there was like, if I'm betting on sort of the, they'll stay really, really good, or they'll regress, I'm betting on the stick. They'll stay really, really good. But you know, when you go to that, like on simultaneously on the axis of like, they're really young and will only get better versus like, what path does this team have to get that much better than they were in that finals? I don't necessarily see that either. You know, like we're going to talk right. about sort of the same thing. It's time for our yearly, if Tatum makes the leap conversation, right? Like we can talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, you know, I, no yeah. that, that totally makes sense. I was totally expecting you to go. Let's have a moment um, with labor law and employment law. and like, go with all that. But I'm glad that you, we didn't get too in the weeds with that because, you know, it, it's like it's one of those things where it affects the team. But, I mean, it would be a five-hour-long podcast if yeah. we, if and, we and had the thing into I, every and the single thing. thing. And, the, and, and the thing I will, point, like, mention, like, without even – something else could come out, like, that would add more – you know what I mean? Something else could come out regarding that situation that would add more clouds and more, you know, turmoil and more. Uh, it's kind of like the Draymond thing in that, like, it's as of yet unsettled and you kind of have to predict the amount of uh, un- instability that will result from it and more could come, you know, and we could be having mm-hmm. more discussions in the future. But, you know, at this point, I think most people have done the talking about it in a, in a measured and smart way already. So, but anyway, totally sorry, agree. I didn't mean to cut you off, but wanted to put a cap on it. Yeah. No, totally agree. And I mean, that's like, I think all the, the amalgamation of all of these, factors coming together have kind of like I was saying before have costed I think Boston in my mind like one step down from that top perch um, from being you know defending Eastern Conference champions and me think and and I've been a Tatum like follower slash like I guess like believer for a while now so like 
these weren't things that I, and, and I feel like I've been on this, like, on Tatum for, like, you know, what is it, his whole NBA career, and in these preseason podcasts and previews, I feel very, I don't know, it feels vindicating to, uh, to like, see his success, so I think totally and um to monitor. Totally. And uh, if you are like a Boston Celtic, like if you are, and it's not like we're not high on them. We're just kind of like not putting them above the other really, really good team in the, in the East or like we're not putting them like on some special perch by themselves. But if you kind of believe that that may be the case, I think Tatum as MVP would be, would be a pretty, pretty, would be a pretty good bet. Cause in a world mm-hmm. where like they're the number one seed in the East this year or something like that, I, I think Tatum would be a pretty natural place for voters to look for that award, especially in a year where it seems like a lot of these good teams aren't going to be necessarily pushing. Like it feels like we're almost past the point. There's so much parity in the league that we're almost past the point of these really, really dominant regular season teams. But I don't know. I, I just wanted Agreed. to flag that potentially. Are, um, anything else? Anything else on the Celtics, or should we move on? I think we should move on to our next okay, let's, year. So, yeah, let's, Andrew, what let's do you have? Let's talk about. Yeah, so let's talk. We can talk about the Sixers first, um, and then okay. we can get to the Suns. As I said, I kind of, I kind of called this the, the second tier. I said it was uh, my. I called it the I can't see them celebrating with the Larry O'Brien trophy yet, but if it happens, I think it would be really cool. I put the Sixers. Um, I don't have the Suns. I have the Nuggets and the Grizzlies. As I have the Nuggets and my Gri- and the Grizzlies as the other team in that tier. Um, and then just to get to it, because we can see, I guess we can see what your next tier was and see if all of these teams were in it, and then proceed accordingly. My next okay. tier, tier three. I had a tier called the Brooklyn Nets, and in it I had the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> and the Phoenix Suns. So, oh, the Phoenix Suns. so I kind of like – that was kind of – like could the Suns and the Nets both be in that second tier? Yes, but I kind of liked grouping the Nets and the Suns together at, for a reason we can kind of get to in a minute. Who was your next um, – so and you said you had – yeah, so the Suns. So like who did you have – how big was – if you had an expansive tier below that, maybe we should just talk, talk about the Sixers first. But mm-hmm. uh, well, yeah, I yeah. don't want to drag I, I, too many teams into the muck, so I don't know how you want to – yeah. I So I had – so I'll, I'll list my next two tiers then. I feel like that would kind of make it more okay. – just to like kind of outline everything. So my yeah. next two tiers was – the first one was one class below – business class yep. hoping for a first class upgrade. So got it. Ma- I like that. that so that tier was the um the Nuggets, um yep. the Grizzlies and the Heat. So I had okay. those so I had those three teams in that uh, you haven't and, said Brooklyn Nets yet, have you? No no. And then my like this was where I was like contemplating tiers like I had six tiers or seven tiers this is like my seventh tier where I included the Nets and the Lakers of part one what are we doing here like what is that interesting so interesting yeah so that was my 
third tier, I guess. So wow, that's um, that's fascinating. All right, let's yeah. let's. I would like to have a moment as as our you know old as our old crim law professor would say on the Sixers. Um, why do you see them as sort of on the same? I am pretty optimistic about them, and I would pro- like in that second tier of Sixers, Nuggets, Grizzlies. I would probably mm-hmm. put them at the top, and they were the one I would most consider kind of flinging into that upper echelon. Why do you have them in the upper echelon? Because I don't think everyone would. I I just think they did a couple – like, and this is all dependent on what you think about, like, someone like P.J. Tucker and DeAnthony Melton. Yeah. But, like, I think those two pieces, while, like, Tucker – is at an age right now where we're not exactly sure what he can give on a very consistent basis. Like he, he feels like that's like one more piece to the puzzle. And then D'Anthony Melton is like another piece to that puzzle. And then hopefully someone like Milton, shake Milton, Korkmaz, Seibel, like, like all these guys, it's starting to add up into a really deep team. And I think that's what Philly really struggled with in terms of, okay, what are we going to do when, let's say, James is off, like Harden's off the floor? What are we going to do? And it seems like Maxi can kind of shoulder more and more of that load once, like, Harden's off the floor. So I think that played into my calculations of, like, okay, I see them adding a bunch of depth on their team. And it feels like if they're able to gel fairly quickly with everyone accepting their roles and understanding how to play with one another, I can see them being equivalent and maybe like a half step below in comparison to like Boston and Milwaukee. But that was that. That's just kind of how I saw it. But I, I don't. What is your? What was the differentiating factor for you in terms of n- not having them be in that top top tier? Yeah, I think you've outlined it really well because I do feel the same way. Like about those changes they made to that roster, and like I like the way it's gelling, and they do have that element, like they do have those, that like optionality that I kind of like that I've come to really value when kind of picking who these top team tier teams are really what it comes down to for me is like, when I look at these, like when I go through and like, look at the star nucleuses of, of these top tier teams, right? Like I feel really solid about like minus like the obvious shit, right? Like, Besides, they could fall off due to age or they could get injured. I feel really solid about Curry. Like, I feel solid about Tatum at this point, and I feel solid about Jalen Brown. Like, yes, obviously he's coming back from an injury, but just in terms of, like, what they are, what they, what I believe them to be, I feel solid about Kawhi and Paul George. Like, I, who's, I feel solid about, you know, Giannis as kind of the alpha dog, and I feel solid as, as, about Holiday and uh, Middleton as like the wingmen. I feel solid about Joel Embiid. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah, I, I just the Harden piece. I am just not 
the hardened piece is what's keeping me from kind of like putting them into that rarefied air. And like, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah. It's have just like, seen, I, I have you seen I the photos, Andrew though, of Harden? Yeah. Have you seen? I, I have, I have 50 pounds. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I have like, that's cool. Like that's my answer to that. Like that's cool. yeah. Like without no, getting into my see. Bill Sim, without getting into my Bill Simmons thing, it's just like one of those things of like we don't really have much. We don't really have much proof of concept yet. You know, like mm-hmm. he came, like they traded for him. He came. They had like a good week. He kind of sucked, but Joel Embiid was an MVP candidate, so they, you know, were pretty good. And then in the playoffs, he sucked. So like, you know, yeah, like that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. No, like, it's I believe, no, it's I fair. believe that Embiid, I believe that Embiid will probably, will like the 75% likely continue to be really, really like be that top three player in the league type of talent. Um, and that gets them to kind of tier one B in my mind. And like, if Harden is a, like, what do you, let me reframe it so I'm not just, like, having no po- – like, because I think at this point my uncertainty about Harden's clear. Like, in order for them to be a championship team, what is what do the Sixers need from James Harden going forward? Because maybe that maybe that's the circle I need to square in my head that, that you have a better grip on than I do. Because maybe the answer is, like, like – based on all that other stuff you said about like Maxi's continued development and the pieces they have around them, maybe like the answers, even if he's a bit of a question mark, they're still good enough in all other areas that they're good enough to win, you know? And once again, I think they're good enough to win the title. Like these are it, like they are still a team. I plausibly see winning the title, but like, yeah, without, without going too big into qualifications, you know what do you what do what do the what do the Sixers need from Harden to to be that to be on the level of the Celtics and the Bucks? Well, is is it fair for me to be like? And I'm gonna rope my nets into it. Is it fair to be like? Maybe he just got out of a toxic situation with the Nets, and now like, all right, let's take a let like he moved in the middle of last season. He had sure. that one week. Maybe this off season he was able to, you know what, like take reset, a collective breath, kind of. yeah, yeah, reset and be like, I'm in a new situation. I'm in a situation that pre the Nets trading for me, I wanted to be in. So like, I think there's a bit of like him wanting, having wanted to be there, and you know he's Daryl traded for him, and all the all those factors coming into play and. Hopefully, hopefully it comes together. Maybe I'm more of a half class full type of person when looking sure. at the situation, and it kind of almost it almost pains me to think about as a Nets fan the what could have been. So maybe that's like factoring into a lot of it as well. But um, but yeah, I I mean if he averages like twenty three, twenty four, twenty. 23 to 24 points a game, you know, tennis, 10, eight to 10 assists and seven board. Like it feels like if he averages close to that, I feel like there's enough 
depth on the roster, especially like the maxi piece is probably the one piece that needs to like really take a leap. And he's, and he has done those things. Like if he can really be like that third piece for this team, then I think that's kind of where my projection is like going in terms of how I see them this, um, this season. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And the only thing I'll respond to with, with that is like, you know, I taking all of that in stride, what, divorced from the net situation completely, playoff Harden extends. Yeah. Playoff Harden <laughs> issues extend further back than that. So that's fair. the thing keeping, no, me, keeping me completely from getting there despite all of that. But I don't think we need to harp on that too much because I, I, I think all of the I think all of the ground has been properly properly laid out like you know that could obviously change or they could improve to such an extent that that doesn't really matter anymore but we shall see um so let's start trying to group some of these teams together i'm trying to think let's try and group some of these i was thinking denver and yeah denver and memphis i feel like denver and memphis were the two teams that we listed and like we could talk about that well you had the suns you had the suns above them so I do want right. to have like a quick moment on the Suns. Why? Why do you have the Suns with those? Because I think that's the most. That's a little bit of the most surprising one to me, and it seems hmm. like the team we have. Because you and I were both. I was actually really high on the Suns last year, and they ended up being the number one, like in the wins pool, and they ended up being the number one seed in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, what I would say is, like, it seems like their exit in the playoffs last year where they lost the Dallas Mavericks in kind of one of the biggest game seven. Was that game seven? I'm losing that in my yeah, head yeah. completely. It, it was. In one of the yeah. biggest game seven shit the beds in history combined with this, like, eight in weirdness and this Robert Sarver, their owner, kind of selling the team after a prolonged investigation where to get my employment handbook out again, he probably <laughs> created a bit of a hostile work environment um, for his employees, uh, to put it mildly. Um, so it seems like all of that has left a bit of a more bitter taste in my mouth than you have. Um, to be clear, like I don't see them as completely outside the realm of championship contention. I think what where I would categorize them as is as this kind of high ceiling, low floor team. And I also, mm. you know, I also see the nets in that realm, but we can, we can kind of save that for a little bit later. Um, why do you still see them in that kind of top tier championship contention level? Because maybe I'm overreact in general. I've had a tendency to kind of steer the course and it seems like that's what you're doing here, but I guess it just all seems like a little bit too much for me to stomach at this point. Um, so as I kind of want to figure out why. You know what? As you listed all the factors, I'm getting slightly more concerned about my pick. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know, like, I there were things that I think, I, I remember their their exit against the Mavs. I think the whole, like, the Sarver stuff, and we don't have time to hash into everything, that kind of escaped my mind as we were, as we were like prepping for the pod. I was, I think I was thinking more on the court. Um, and 
Yeah, even the DeAndre Ayton stuff, like, is a little concerning now that I think about it and, like, how they kind of screwed him over. Um, But at the end of the day, like, he's back. I feel like on the court, like, not much has changed other than maybe Jay Crowder. And, like, this is another – now that I'm I'm going down this line of thinking, I'm like, (laughs) God, why did I even, like, put them in this – tier um like jay crowder's like being iced out or whatever you want to call it um he's icing himself out or he wants a bigger role whatever it is um it seems like there's a couple different things that like it it doesn't look like there's much that has changed dario sarge is coming back i'm not sure like how optimistic about him you are and he doesn't he probably doesn't move the needle too much. Um, now I com- now as I'm like talking it out with you, <laughs> I, I completely regret this pick. Um, and and like now that I think about it, like they were like on my okay. This is clearly like the third team in the West for me, um, and yeah. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure whether to bump them up or bump them down, um, and maybe yeah, that, because. That's- and maybe because of like championship, like them going to the finals against the Bucks, yeah, that was totally ri- like the heights are there. If that makes sense, like the potential yeah, no. for that is there. Whereas like even someone like the Clippers that were on that w- were in that tier that I put, they ne- they weren't they haven't necessarily done it together. Um, you know, Kawhi's done it individually. Um, different players have done it individually on the Clippers, but they haven't done it as a team. And maybe that's kind of like maybe some of the overriding thinking that I've thought through of like continuity and and like no, hopefully yeah, stability yeah. kind of playing through. Yeah, because I think I think you were underselling your like you were getting to the point where I was almost going to try and be stepping in to make the counter case to you because I still feel like this is as we were doing that exercise of like guys you look at their like you're like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Bridges, Cam Johnson, Aiden that's a really good lineup like Campaign, Landry Shamit, Tory Craig, Saric like they go pretty deep like I still certainly see this team as like a like if they drop. You know, I still see like if this team drops below six in the e in the West, like I would still be I would be pretty surprised. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there yeah. still is this stability and stuff there. I just think it's a combination with me of like the uncertainty factors as we've kind of now outlined them, just with this thing of like we now are two years removed from the West, and you know, but the thing is, this argument could be made about the Bucks as well. We're kind of mm-hmm. two years removed from this from this finals run. Um, none of these, there isn't as much of this like. There isn't as much of this up like, there isn't as there aren't as many players to point to and look at and see this like r- progression. You know what I mean? Like it's mm. you know it's not like there's a lot of methods for that. Like a lot of methods for them to get better. Um, and I'm, you know, the eight and link and Reed could be severed. Like I was pretty, you know, I like, I think the thing that took me down from like having them in tier two versus tier three was like eight and 
eight and then um why is the name of their coach escaping me? Uh, Mon- uh <laughs> Monty. Monty Williams. Yeah, and Monty Williams, yeah. Aiton and Monty Williams, they're at Media Day and they're basically like ask each of them like, Have you guys talked since that game seven? And they both basically say no. Like that doesn't seem like a particularly good uh sign. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, like there's just a little bit too like where where I do see the consistency, I don't know. There's just a little bit too much hanging over them that where where the scales are getting tipped in a in a weird direction. Um like and I'll I'll set that so we can start trying to talk talk with more teams talk about more teams at once here. Like when you put them in like against teams like the Nuggets and the Grizzlies that I like a little bit more, um, you know, like I'm just I'm I see more like I see more opportunities for development or like if not development improvement. Like I see these kind of paths to getting better. Obviously, for the Nuggets, that's Jamal Murray coming back into the fold, and like the Nuggets. It's kind of, they're kind of a bore. A lot of these teams are somewhat boring to talk about at this point, and that, like, the top line has been there for a long time. Like, the Nuggets, they have this generational offensive player in Nikola Jokic, who, where last year they were able to function a really, really good offense around them, but at the end of the day, they didn't have the guys. And this year, mm. they're getting Jamal. They're get, oh, I got a ambulance coming by. And this year they're getting Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back. So, you know, I I see the possibility for – I see their baseline is pretty good, and I see the opportunities to to move from that baseline as um, as uh, being pretty material. Uh, and with the Grizzlies, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I think the one thing I – I think maybe the Grizzlies – I'm overrating a little bit just because of the Jaron Jackson Jr. being out for probably the first, what, four months or so is mm-hmm. is scary. But, like, I don't know. It's just another one of these the, – the Morant Bain Jr. core, as it were. Like, you know, that core, I think – was really, really good last year. It got the, it kind of led them to overachieving a little bit in the West. And I, you know, we've had these, this talk over the years about like development in the NBA, not always being linear. So I Mm. could come back to kind of kick myself on this, but like it's, it's there. It's a, it's a core I can see sort of getting better. Uh, And, you know, Morant, does Morant sort of like, take this next step into MVP territory. Uh, that's, that's obviously possible too. So basically when I look at those two situations and compare them to the sun situation, which seems a little bit more stagnant, possibly past its window to me, uh, I, I'm, I'm choosing to value those teams a little bit more. Now, of course, stability could kind of rule the day. Um, but yeah, that's how I chose to make those calculations a little bit. That's interesting. I I mean, I think my feelings on Denver are a little bit more, I, I guess, more, they are boring in some ways to talk about because the core has kind of been together. But at the same time, yeah. like Murray coming back, Porter Jr. coming back, two huge pieces for them. And then, yeah. and like, 
they added a couple things like my man Bruce Brown, uh, like sure. Casey, KCP. Um, yeah, those. Yeah, you're like, right. They're like they're interesting pieces, I would say. And I think like yeah. as like and they were one of those teams. Like if I made a, like another tier, they were probably like that half step down from the top teams, uh, the top championship contender contending teams because we don't know too much about what like Murray and Porter Jr. are going to bring. Um, obviously Jokic is like amazing, but it doesn't, I, I'm just kind of curious to see like how they all meld together um, this upcoming season. So that'll be interesting. The other part, part of that with the Grizzlies, um, I, for me, I think they're teams that while last year they performed well without Jot when he was injured and hurt, I'm a little bit more, and I still put them in this tier, but I was a little bit more concerned about them. Um, Yeah. Just in terms of regression and what could happen. I, like, yeah, Triple J's out for three to four months, and that's like an easy thing to like look at as one of the factors for them to struggle coming out of the gates. Um, and they have like a lot of pieces that play well with each other, like Brandon Clark in the front court. Uh, they had like some young guys, uh, Santi Aldama and Jake LaRavia, those guys that they brought in this year, mm. really young dudes that. They're kind of an unknown. We don't really know what we're going to get, but they seem like they're players in the um, in the preseason. Like, they seem like they're going to be utilized. And, you know, the front office has been able to find things uh, out of, like, spare parts, it seems like. Like, even John Conchar. Like, who would have really yeah. thought he would have had, like, an NBA career, but he has, like, carved out a nice, decent role on this team. Um and I, I'm just like, I think what I'm curious about is like, I do you feel like Ja can get like, make leaps? Like, it feels like not that he's at his peak peak, but I'm not exactly sure like how much further he can take this team without more help or other outside development from guys yeah. like Bane and when triple j comes back that's where yeah, no, it, it seems like the most yeah. improvement's going to come from no it's a it's a valid question and as you were talking through this whole thing uh i kind of started to form this parallel in my head with where like the grizzlies development like the morant slash grizzlies development kind of mirrors like that early 2012 game blazers development to me a little bit mm-hmm. where like where there's kind of like this partnership has been established now. This baseline has been established where like this one guy is really, really good. And I count on him if there's like a certain level of talent around and we'll get to the Blazers later. I'm not sure the Blazers are in this place anymore, <laughs> but, but at, for, for a period of years, like if this guy is on the, like this partnership, like especially when you throw Jenkins into the mix, who I think has shown himself to be a pretty great developmental coach, as you kind of alluded to, at like finding guys and kind of having them ready to contribute earlier than most other other 
coaches would have them be able to like when you have this guy like and this sort of foundation in place I believe the team is going to be like a baseline level of like quite good but there is this other thing like I could see like as you talk it out more I totally see where your concern comes from because there is this similar question of like but don't they kind of need to make a trade or like doesn't there kind of need to be another guy or like can this really be guy number one um we're, I think we're a little too early in Jaws' career to, 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 to get there completely yet, and I know you weren't there. And, like, I do think a guy like Dame, like, continued to improve every year in a pretty in – a, in a way that was kind of almost seemed un, impossible, and I could see Ja kind of making those similar kinds of leaps and brown, bounds. But I do think you're right in pointing out, like, ultimately if the – Grizzlies are going to win a championship, right? Like, does it come from internal development or does it come from consolidation? Like, back when we were talking about KD trades, like the idea of like trading Jaron Jackson and Bain for something, right? Mm. Or like trading some of these younger pieces for like a third wing or something like that. You're probably, the answer is probably that second piece. And I guess that does cut against them in a way. For sure. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like where I settle on them, um, Andrew. So like, why don't we move on to, I guess to like our next tier. Because yeah. What was your we, What was your next tier? Because I'm I'm interested in. So how many tiers have we gotten through for you? So we've gone through three. We listed like I listed my Laker, the Lakers and the and the Nets in that one tier, like part one of what's happening. Um, I, I also added, I also had the heat in the tier with the Denver Nuggets and the Grizzlies. Um, so that was like the one class below, but like. Interesting. Could okay, potentially let's ha- move up. Okay. So we, we are starting to diverge in some interesting ways here. Because I had this third tier with the Suns and I also had the Nets in it. I don't get mm-hmm. to the Lakers for quite a while. My tier four, I just called. I just called the good teams and I had the heat, the Mavs and the Raptors in it. So I think let's, let's have a quick moment. Let's have a quick moment on the net. Um, (laughs) Is is it going to be quick? (laughs) Because we're going to have to start moving through some of these teams in sequence, but because they're like in batches, but because they're both a team we seem to have in similar places. Um, yeah. I think we should talk about the Nets now. But the late because I think the Lakers are going to be like basically a play-in team. So okay, interesting. Uh, but the Nets, I see more in this phase of like of like mid-tier East team who could be a championship contender if things break right for kind of. Uh, Bill Simmons said something really really funny about the Nets, and it's kind of been guiding my thoughts about them this whole like couple weeks leading up to the season he said and it was it you know he has bad takes but I thought this was a really good Simmonsian take like can you see like at the end of the the finals have just ended the final buzzer is sounded confetti's falling everywhere and at midcourt you see Kyrie Irving Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons all celebrating together. Like, can you see that? And I really can't. 
You know, uh, like it's a, like what does what does what does the commit what does Adam Silver say? Like in a year of a lot of adverse, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it seems impossible, right? And yet, like, but there is this like, and yet, you know, like, and yet, when you kind of take that threesome, that awkward menage a trois together, like you go. This is the most talent, maybe of any, you, you know, of any core in the NBA. So how are we supposed to begin? Like, what do we do here? Kind of is my question. Do we just, do we just throw our hands up and say we'll see what happens? Because that's what it kind of feels like. Like I don't know if I have more to say beyond that. Like we'll see what happens, you know? Because it feels like the expanse is too wide, you know. The realm mm-hmm. of possibilities. It's like that. I, I feel like I'm really soliloquizing here, but I feel like my metaphors are good. So that movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, you know, yes. like <laughs> yeah. the multiverse is too vast. You know what I mean? There is yep. the hot dog universe. Like, you know what I mean? There is uh-huh. the universe where like Kyrie Irving just retires midseason. Like there is the universe where Ben Simmons somehow goes another another year of not playing in the NBA, but there's the universe where like, wow, this, it goes, you know, KD and the Ben Simmons on the floor together, the the, the length, the diversity, the defense, the, okay. Now that the vaccines pass Kyrie Irving's back to doing his thing again, you know, like there's all these different permutations, but I, I, none of them seem more likely than any other. So what's the, you know, what's the baseline here? And I was about to say, is it is that universe like one out of ten possibilities? One out of a hundred? One out of a thousand? Yeah. Like I, and that's where that's why they're in my third tier of I have no like part one of like what the hell is going on? Like yeah. I just don't really know what's gonna happen with this team, and it's really hard to to I guess put them in a tier where if I knew for certainty, like for certain what, um, what was going to be on the team come playoff time and they were in the playoffs, like I, like, I like their chances as good as anyone else's in terms of like the talent that's on the court, because I'll go into like the pieces that they added aside from, you know, the core of, and I don't even want to really call it a core of Kyrie, uh, Durant and Simmons is like hopefully Joe Harris is healthy but he's not going to be playing the first game of the year uh, Seth Curry's out injured uh, yeah. TJ TJ Warren injury kind of like question marks in the air Royce O'Neal who's like a solid rotation piece Markeith Morris who were like you know he's a guy so like all these yeah. all those all those guys I I like in a vacuum, but I'm not exactly sure how they're going to like fit all together. And that's just like the basketball part of it on top of all the other stuff that you mentioned before as well. And that's pretty much been talked about ad nauseum uh, throughout the off season. I will like to say, I will like to say and give myself a pat on the back when all this stuff popped up. And I was the, you know what? 
we should just kind of like call their bluff and see like if like Kevin Durant's gonna just sit out for the whole year. And yeah. you know what he did? He was like, All right, I'll come and play. Kyrie was like, All right, I'm I guess I'm coming to play. Like and you know, it's probably gonna blow up in their faces and be over in a year when Kyrie like inevitably signs with the Lakers and KD like raises up the stink when they like get knocked out in the first or second round. But there's still that hope slash possibility. And I'm holding on for dear life that it's like one in a thousand, one in 10,000, whatever lottery ticket there is. What's interesting is on FanDuel, they're, they are plus 900 for the NBA championship, and they have the fifth best odds uh, to win yeah. the championship, which is like factoring in everything that Vegas factors in. It seems like they think this team is going to stick together throughout the season. So, like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm just really curious to see like how it plays out. Like, let's say they go off, get off to like a really bad start. Um, Steve Nash get fired. Like, do the like, and that's where you're talking. Your uh, many universes scenario comes into play and it's just impossible to predict so we don't really have to talk much more about them it's more no like i think you the... you know you laid it out perfect i think between our two dueling monologues there we both laid it out perfectly and i think we both have them in that same kind of thing of like uncertain but the level of talent is too high that you can't you have to put them in a realm with contention like the realm of contention even if it's not the top level. Agreed. Um, and then I think the reason why, I don't know what else you wanted to get into uh, or like, so you, so the t- the tier below this one, the, the fourth tier you had like the good. Yeah. Teams, in my correct? fourth tier, I had the heat Mavericks and Raptors. Um, okay. It seems like, so what was your, yeah, I, I want, I got a little bit, I got a little bit confused as to where your where you're next here, how many teams are in it. It seemed like you had Nets, Lakers, and Heat. Uh, no, so the Nets Nets and Lakers were, like, that Tier 3. The the Heat were in Tier 2 of, like, oh, possibility, like, one class below, um, along okay. with the Grizzlies and Nuggets. Like, and I, okay. And I feel like with the Heat, like, and maybe we could get into them a little bit. Like, yeah, I, I just feel like, we just kind of underrated them and like brushed them aside last season. They made the Eastern Conference champ, like yeah, conference finals. They were really damn close to making it. Like yeah, um, and like I feel like a lot of people have kind of just brushed that aside. And yeah, including while... me because I'm completely ready to brush them aside. I'm completely ready to brush them aside again, Kevin. While I'm kind of like holds up like maybe yeah. like there's something there um yeah no you're and, you're probably right yeah and that's like kind of like why but they're they were teetering on the one class below slash like the other the other tier i had them in was like the fun intriguing and sure. fun and intriguing teams that was like my fourth tier yeah so that 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 makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think you just put it pretty well on the Heat. I and you know what? Like I think I think you're right. Like you are making me realize that I am I brush the Heat aside every single year, and that it's probably not fair to like at this point they have a pretty proven track record, right? Like they made the mm-hmm. finals in the bubble year. Uh, since then they. Did they make the what happened to them last year? I don't or the year before, like the year in between. I don't remember. Did they make the did they play the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals? I wow, let me I look think, this up. I know, we're dumb. I think it's gonna turn out that they did and this is and this is why. Regardless of what happened, like there's a pretty proven track record of success at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. to the point where it's probably unfair to be brushing them aside. Like to me, for me to just be putting them in the category of good with teams like the Mavericks, and they lost and in the saying, first round. Oh, okay. To so, so that's yeah. not. It's just one of these things. Like, I kind of like what I would do. It, like, if I were writing a legal brief here, I would kind of say like, see my son's paragraph. and like add a couple extra sentences basically like it's just this idea like and I don't want to make the same points over and over it's just reiterating this idea of like all right yes they did make the eastern conference finals last year but like aside from like a couple things breaking their way like how am I supposed to believe that their ceiling is actually any higher than that you know what I mean that things will improve as opposed to just kind of naturally getting a little bit worse. Kyle Lowry's a year older. He played something like he played, I think 60 ish games last year, which was more than I thought he did, but was injured most of the playoffs the year before that he played 55 or 58 in Toronto. He's a year older hero extension, six man of the year. All right. Like I'm Mm -hmm. just not buying it. Like, I'm just not buying hero improvement. Like, I guess the idea is, like, does Tyler Hero become for the Heat what Jordan Poole was for the Warriors last year? Like, that's kind of the argument to be made there. Could it happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, it. I don't see it as, like, a soup. I don't see it, really, to be, got to it, be quite got honest it. with you. And it's just, like, another year of this core together – fine but like I just don't and I guess like maybe I'm not doing a good enough job of like Butler and Bam seem like a pretty stable duo and like maybe I'm underrating how high the baseline is and once again I put them in the good tier I think they're going to be a three or four seed in the east and like yeah could they make the eastern finals yes but like I just don't see that as you go to like what am I going to, if I put my dollars down on them, like plus 1200 or whatever they are, am I feeling like, Ooh, we, I'm getting like such a great value. I see so much potential as opposed to like these other teams, like, like the, I guess the one team that like, are they really below the Grizzlies? I could see someone saying to me, yeah, I, I kind of take your argument there, but you know, I don't know. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see them in this, like, I see them in this, like, high, mid, like, kind of B tier very solidly, but unfortunately, I just don't see that sort of A-level potential there. Fair. No, I, I think that's pretty fair. Um, so, 
Andrew, why don't you list your like next yeah. tier below that then? What was that tier for you? So tier four, I had the good teams. I had Heat, Mavs, and Raptors. Okay. Um, so the Mavs and the Raptors. I kind of lumped all the these next teams into Yeah, give me j- Yeah. Into into what this was- one tier. So my one tier was fun, intriguing possibilities where dreams may go. So like it. it went it, it this it lists Wolves, New Orleans, Dallas, Toronto, Cleveland, Atlanta. So I put all of them Perfect. In, in one. So body. what you did, what you did, save for the heat who we've just discussed. Mm-hmm. I split – I could have easily put them into one. And I think I fiddled around with this a lot. Like, at one point, I had more of these teams together. Basically, I had two tiers, good teams and then kind of good teams. Good was Heat, Mavericks, Raptors, and kind of good was Hawks, Timberwolves, Cavs, Pelicans. So, like, mm-hmm. I I had – you know what I mean? Like, we're both right, on right. the same page in the sense that, like – we're both on the same page in the sense that, like, we see this as kind of the, we see this as kind of the, like, middle class, the NBA middle class, as it were. Um, I just kind of had a little bit more of a differentiation point. Um, so, so, I don't Andrew, know how you want to, yeah, how uh, you yeah, want to yeah. approach this, this. I, so maybe we might not touch on every single team yeah. in this tier, but yeah. out of this out of this out of the tiers that we talked about out of the teams that we listed just now which of those teams do you feel like is the most intriguing slash most excited that you're that you want to see and why yeah that's why don't you go <laughs> I had to run in and I had to run I'm recording outside and had to run in inside real quick. I'll say the team I'm most excited to watch is the Pelicans. Agreed. That no, could be I separate agree. apart. Separate like I'm not Wow, I got so excited that I dropped my phone there for a second. <laughs> Can you still hear me? Nope. Yes. So like this is separate and apart from championship aspirations, any anything. Like, if I – I had a friend one year ask me this thing of, like, back when we – like, back in the day, League Pass would let you, like – you could pick, like, four teams or something like that. Like, you could have these tiers where, like, you could get League Pass for your own team. You could get it league-wide. Or you could get, mm-hmm. like, two teams or four teams. And it was, like, if I have to pick one team besides my own, like, to be my League Pass team, who would it be? And I think this year I would say that's the Pelicans. It's just like, I don't know, man. Like, it's like Zion's back. Like, that is really, really exciting to watch, you know? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm losing well, track of at where I was at. I'm sorry. But what do you, it seemed like you I'll, I'll pick it up from agreed. there. Yeah. No, no, I'll pick it up from there. Because do you feel like, like – you know, coming off of even though they lost in the first round to to the Suns last year, and I feel like a lot of people came to respect them because despite yeah. losing that series, they didn't have Zion playing. And I think if Zion was playing, I think a lot of people were very 
like they played so well in his absence that I think if Zion's playing in that series, there's a lot of questions as to like where what might have happened. Like yeah. look at this like like this team feels so they just have such an interesting mix of players. Like McCollum's on that on that team, Ingram, Herb Jones, Williamson, Valanciunas. That's a really freaking good starting five, especially if they, yeah. like all of them can stay healthy. Like great starting five, and then Alvarado backup point, Devonte Graham, who's a uh, uh, we'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, Trey exactly. Murphy the third, Land Larry Nance Jr. and then Jackson Hayes. Like they just have like a lot of like really interesting pieces, um, and I'm I'm just like. If Zion could just stay healthy, average what he averaged in that rookie year, like this team is going to look incredible to me. Um, and I, I I feel like this team is the team that can make that Grizzlies-like leap next year or this coming season. Like that's how I how good I feel about this team if everything goes right. Um, and I feel like. Um, I feel like that'll be like the equivalent of that um, in the Eastern Conference is like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I feel like there's an absolute lockstep there because I was going to say the exact same thing. They just feel very, especially with the Donovan Mitchell uh, acquisition. It feels like they have now the right mix of like offensive talent paired with defensively what Mobley and Allen give you. And and I, yeah. I feel like they have a lot of like, all right, we'll see what ends up happening. Colin Sexton's not on this team, so there's no questions about like, is Darius Garland running the team? Is is Colin Sexton running it? It seems like Donovan, It's they're giving the keys to Donovan Mitchell in some ways. Um, and that, I think that's going to be like, I wonder like how that plays out, like the Garland-Mitchell piece, but it seems like they would fit really well together. And those, like, those are the two teams I anticipate, Pelicans in the West, Cavs in the East, to make the leap, as you would say, um, yeah. in, 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 the, in the regular season. And who knows if that carries into playoff success. But, like, those are the two teams I circled for our wins pool. Like, oh, these are the teams that are going to be a lot better than – we think and probably better than some of those teams that we talked about before. Yeah. With the Cavs specifically to, to pick up on that, like with the Cavs specifically, you know, as we're kind of, as you play the lineup game, you look at their like potential closing five of like Garland, Mitchell, Karis Levert, and maybe it's not Levert, but even if it is like Isaac Okoro or someone like that, but that if it is Levert, Garland, Mitchell, Levert, Mobley, Allen, like, that's mm. one of the better five-man lineups in the league. Now, the question really there is just, like, is at, like the gamble there is, like, are Allen and Mobley a good enough back line that it doesn't matter that the re- those other three can't defend at all? You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Maybe that's where things run out. But, like, if that were one of the, like, highest plus-minus lineups in the league, or like, I really would not be surprised, you know? Mm. Like they, they, I think they will. Like I think they probably have more. um, 
I think they have more long-term value than the Pelicans in my eyes, just because like the Zion piece is too unstable for me to like get on board. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I just, that I think that require like that jump you're talking about requires him playing like 55 games, which until that happens, I'm not really ready as much as I really hope it happens until it does. I'm not willing to kind of go there with them. So it's a little bit more of that hypothetical fun, but those four players are solid and like, you know, movable, staggerable enough. The Cavs players. I mean that, it seems like some long-term viability is possible. Now, like you said, the playoff thing is a completely different piece, but uh, they're kind of, uh, especially some of these other teams, like I know we can't talk about every team, but like they're the teams that, like this team is kind of a mixture of like those kind of teams as opposed to like the Atlanta Timberwolves teams, which like a different alternate universe version of us could be like, having these excited conversations about, but just feel a little bit more stat, not necessarily stagnant, but the pieces don't seem to fit together as much kind of I agree. Totally for some agree of these that. other teams. Um, so we, maybe we can just leave it at that, but you know, I do think, you know, like the, the thing to say before we move on is like this team that you put like as kind of fun or as like here that I put as pretty good, like, they're all very watchable, I think, which mm-hmm. is I which is kind of a cool thing about the NBA because it feels like a lot of times as we've done these wins drafts or what have you, we kind of get to this point and we start kind of going like, like I'll give you an example, like a team like the Pacers who has been like around this time in the past or like the Wizards back mm-hmm. in the day. Like a lot of times we just kind of be like, meh, and that would be it. Whereas, like, I feel like we could, even though we're not going to, have full-fleshed, kind of interesting, nuanced discussions about every single one of these teams. And, like, if you were like, hey, man, you want to watch, you know, Wizards, Wolves, I'd I'd be on opening night tomorrow or, like, on the first day of regular season play tomorrow, I'd be very happy to. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. I I feel like that's probably the the idea with, that overarching theme with parody kind of like, yeah. like permeating through the league and, and seeing like, Oh yeah, there are really solid teams and we've listed more than half the league already. So yeah. like, yeah. that's, that's like, and it, it feels like these teams are like all contenders to not be in the playing game. And correct. Inevitably they'll, the, these team, all the teams that we've listed, I believe we've listed like 17, 16 teams. Like we've pretty much listed the playoffs, like all the playoffs. Yeah, we're basically getting my next tier is basically play. I call this something else, but my next tier is basically play-in teams. So I, I think you're pretty much right on on that. Okay, so this is where I think we, I think it's time to have the conversation about the Lakers for like two to three minutes, just because yeah, no, like, let's do it. Cause I, just to give you a real quick, just to, for, then maybe we'll list it all, all our tiers off at the end to have it be more clear, but like yeah. my tiers, you had them in kind of a tier with the net. That was like, what yep. is going on? Which, which does yes. make sense, but you seem to be a little bit higher on them than I did. I kind of had this, 
tier six, I called it in honor of our friend Chris, the stale fart noise tier. And alternate title, I feel like the specter of Wenbinyana, Wenbinyama rather, is starting to hover over. Like alternate title for the stale fart tier is, should we just be tanking? And I had the Lakers, the Blazers, the Knicks, and the Bulls in 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 that tier. So let's do the let's do the Lakers now, though. Um, yeah. Can I can I list my tier because it has very yeah. similar. It, mine Fox. was. Yeah, exactly. Mine was part two. What are we actually doing here? And like, yeah. is it bad? And it was along the lines of, what are we doing? And do we try to go for it or do we try to tank? And that was pretty much yeah. it. So that that was the Bulls, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Hornets, and the Blazers. So I had those mm. five. Okay, um, that's and we can get into yes, we're we're still pretty close because I had a tier below that called we're two sprained ankles away from tanking, and that has the Wizards, okay. the Hornets, <laughs> and the Sacramento Kings in it. So got I think it, it's another it. situation where like our overall our overall sort of conceit was basically the same. I just broke it down a little bit more. But the Lakers, why do you see them as – and this isn't, <laughs> this isn't a confrontational question, <laughs> although, it, although it seemed like it. Like, why believe in the Lakers as, like, a potential – like, why give them the credo of being in this – being in the realm of, like – the Nets and the, you know, the the Grizzlies and the, you know, the Sixers, mm-hmm. as opposed to the Blazers and the Bulls and the Knicks, because that seems to be a difference we had. Like, I think my, what I would just put to you is like over the, they won the title in the bubble, right? There is right. no taking that away from them. Like that, you know, I, I believe that's away a valid. <laughs> I believe that's a, you know, yes, for the sake of easiness. And I do believe this. I believe that's a valid, you know, yes, they didn't have to travel. Yes. Apparently everyone could shoot and really easily, you know, yes, they kind of escaped. They got to get healthy in a way that seemed to kind of escape them ever since, but they won the title since then though like to me it's just like the results kind of place them in that play-in range as opposed to that top tier range so why should I give them that credibility at this point is sort of is sort of my issue and my response to that is the tier that I like had them in with the Nets was like part one what are they doing like yeah in that that's in that in that like there's a lot of questions with this team. And while the Nets ha- feel, it seems like have a wide range of possibilities in terms of like what could happen with the Nets, it seems like the there's like one possibility, like two possibilities with this Lakers team. The Lakers yeah. either keep it together and kind of either like keep it together and namely keep Russell Westbrook on the team and basically settle into the tier that you're talking about or they throw in two draft picks unprotected along with Westbrook and then they start to go hunting or go fishing yeah and I think with that that's why I put them in that tier uh, because of that potential possibility that I think the Lakers will 
Lakers management and Rob Polenko will eventually rationalize and say, all right, let's just go for it. Um, yeah. When are we going to I mean, have, some like, people especially, – Yeah, especially if yeah, people gonna... and AD. Yeah, like, correct. Some people, some people there is a there is a group of people in the league who think – a uh, condition basically of LeBron's re-signing with the Lakers was like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, I'm re-signing, but you better use those picks this year. So I, I, I think that will happen at some point or another. I think the interesting question really like is like, there was this sort of idea of a buddy healed miles Turner for the picks deal that ended up not going down. Like, I think there's kind of a dual pronged question of like, if that is the ultimate return, where does that put them? And like, is there a better offer that's going to come along? And how good is that going to be sort of mm. thing? Like, I think if like we put the median return at the heel Turner range, they go into like the, yeah, I think they kind of stay in the play in zone to be honest with you. Cause when you look at the, I think this mm. is actually like the worst Jeff this Lakers team has had in the AD era. Probably right. Like you're looking yep. at like, you're looking at Pat Bev, Juan Toscano, Anderson, Schroeder right now. Like, there's really not a lot, you know, surprise, surprise, Rob Palenka Lakers team, there isn't a lot of wing shooting. Why isn't there any wing shooting? Um, seems to kind of be the theme. Like, I think if that's the return, they kind of go into the play-in zone. And um, I think it probably is for the best that they ended that deal, ended up not coming to fruition. Because I do wonder to kind of consider your other to consider the the possibilities that you were alluding to i do wonder as sort of the season starts to shake out we get towards towards the trade deadline and the Wembenyama tanking thing starts to come into focus a little bit more i wonder if those picks will have a little bit more value and if they'll be able to get a better return now Mm. i don't have we don't have the time nor do i have the mind to kind of flesh out those possibilities but, you know, I guess like all, my thing is, like, all, at the end of the yeah, day, it's there, but I'm not willing to, like, value that highly. Okay. All I, I will say, and I, I don't have the, the uh, I guess, wherewithal to, to throw a name out there, but I do think the, the, like, I think it'll get better if that makes sense in terms of the yeah. trades that are out there. Yeah, I, um, I agree. And, and the Westbrook, like regardless of how Westbrook plays, like that expiring contract is also going to be attractive as well. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure what the, I don't know if there's any, um, any rules about whether or not he can be traded because he like um, opted in and things like that. But I think if he is able to be traded, like there's not going to be any, um, I I don't think there's going to be like, Oh, what Russell Westbrook's like a viable piece. It's more because of the two unprotected draft picks that are going to be more attractive uh, to the team. And it'll be interesting. And it'll be interesting. I mean, we just have to move on. We're over two hours, but like, It'll be, I am intrigued to see in this early part of the season, it seemed like Darvin Ham in the last preseason game finally kind of started toying with this, hey, let's bring Westbrook off the bench thing. 
And I'm interested to see, like, the thing is they're going to have to play games until he gets traded, even if we're operating under the premise that he will get traded eventually. Right. And like Mm -hmm. the, the stability versus toxicity factor with him coming off the bench will be interesting to monitor. And if it starts to go bad really, really early, they're in serious trouble, you know? Totally agree. So Andrew, before I think I think the proper place to go here is touch on the Portland Trailblazers and yeah. then and then we'll list out the rest of our tiers. Um yeah. and then That's kind fair. of go from there. Yeah. So I, cause I think the Blazers I think the Blazers can be can I okay, yeah. I'm ready I'm already raring to go. So if you Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. Let me go. go. Because I was uh, I you, think the Blazers we started to we kind of started to hop into we both basically listed the same group. The what are we doing question, right? Like that's what you said, right? Mm-hmm. What are we doing, right? And I think both you and I kind of as we started listing this play into like fighting for the play in level of teams I think we like I think the Blazers are a perfect it doesn't matter if you're the Blazers the Knicks the Bulls the Wizards the Hornets the Kings any of these teams I think the what I'm about to describe with the Blazers can like serve as a microcosm for a discussion for any of these teams you just have to interchange the names of some players right so I'm just going to kind of tell you a little bit like going to give you an emotional narrative here The Blazers season ended with them tanking, sort of like doing this incredible last few months tank job where they basically sat all their players. They got a, they ended up, you know, some stuff ended up happening with the CJ McCollum deal, whatever. We can't go beat by beat. They get like the seventh pick in the draft and take an 18 year old named Shaden Sharp, you know, whatever. After that, they trade for Jeremy Grant. He's probably the best he might be the best wing player that has ever been on the Portland Trailblazers. Now we've said that before about players like Robert Covington and it hasn't, you know, exactly come to fruition, but say lovey when they make the, the Jabari, the, sorry, the, the, the grant trade, the Jeremy grant trade, I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty optimistic, you know, like I feel like that's a good move to sort of reshape this roster. If they want to continue to contend with Damian Lillard, you know, the off season goes on and it's kind of typical blazery type stuff where it, it ends up being a little bit over underwhelmed. They make some nice quote unquote, nice moves, but overall you're kind of left with a misshapen, you know, intriguing, but not exactly knocking you off your socks roster. You know, you're like, Oh, they got Gary Payton jr. But they kind of overpaid for him. Like, Oh, they have this nice collection of guards. Like they have, you know, uh, Lillard, you know, Anthony Simons and, and, uh, Josh Hart, but they're going to kind of have to play together. Like, and use of Nurkic seems to really be our only center and like all this other stuff, whatever you kind of move on. And I start kind of listening to preview podcasts and they're all basically saying the same thing. Like, oh, this is, like, basically a free, a playoff team. And, like, we'll see how Damian Lillard does coming back from, you know, his core surgery. You know, if he's able to be the same old Dame, they, you know, you never know. But, like, they can, he could be on the decline, you know, all, all this stuff. Basically, like, they're a play-in team, right? And then mm-hmm. 
you know, this, this game happens between, fuck, what's Wembenyama's team's name? Uh, G League Ignite and Victor Wembenyama, the, you know, 7-1 alien unicorn Giannis, but can shoot, you know, fucking Throw all the best prospects and <laughs> best prospects since Anthony Davis, best prospects since LeBron, whatever. His French A League team plays G League Ignite's team, where there's another great sort of point guard wing named Scoot. What's his last name? Henderson? Is it? Yeah. I forget Henderson. what his last name. Henderson. Scoot Henderson. Yes. Yep. Yes. And, you know, they, they, we start to see that this is probably the best one-two at the top of the draft, and in maybe since you and I have been following the league, and you know the tanking is going to be incredible. This is the best time to tank. What you know, and here's what I'm basically setting up. I I I find over the years, you, you know, I I can be occasionally negative as the season goes on, but like the one thing I have done over the years is like. I've been willing to accept not quite the mediocrity, but I've been willing to like take things for what they are. Like I Mm -hmm. see the value in having like a for making the playoffs, right? Like I see the value in having, you know, being a six seed and like hoping things break your way and we'll see what happens. You know, Mm -hmm. I love watching Damian Lillard play basketball. You know, I, 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 I've, I've, I was probably later than most to, to, the blow it up, but blow up CJ and Dame. But once it did happen, I I saw the value in potentially building around Lillard for one more, for one more sort of push towards relevancy. And like, as kind of, I went through this, as I kind of had this dueling experience of listening to these previews and seeing the value at the top of the draft this year, I finally just had this breaking point where I was like, what the f- why why are they what why are they do why is this happening like why are mm. they doing this like why why bother being like this is the worst possible year to be a playing team probably right like it's yep. the lottery odds have been somewhat flattened right so like you don't even necessarily need to be in the bottom of the league to have to have you know the odds to have worthy odds at one of these top two players, right? Like you just need to not be in the play-in basically. And this is a team that looks destined for the play-in. And, you know, it just, obviously with the Blazers specifically, you have to face hard, like, why don't they just tank? Right. And like for any of these teams, you're going to have to face pain and hard questions. Like, do you trade Damian Lillard? Like, you know, do you trade say Bradley Beal, whatever, you know, we're a small, you know, this is a small market that hasn't had to deal with a lot of bad basketball over the years. It's hard to go completely away from that and embrace bad basketball. Could you get caught in this endless cycle of tanking? You know, these questions exist, but I've finally reached this sort of tipping point where like, I wonder, is it really worth it to try and be good still? And uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a microcosm for a lot of the, for a lot of, um, for a lot of fans of teams in this, uh, in this tier. No, I, you, are you surprised hearing me talk like this? What's your, what's I'm... your, what's your reaction to you knowing me over the years and this theory saying this about my team and this theory generally? 
I think my reaction's a little bit of surprise, like in that like you were always positive or took like you you took the small victories and celebrated yeah. them for what they were. Um, yeah. But I think once you saw how good Wembenyama was, like it was just like, what are we doing? Like at that point, it was just especially with the generational talent like him, and he's pro like he would be, and obviously since he's such a good player, he would fit on any like any team would want him, but especially with the Blazers and what Dame and him could do pick and roll and all this stuff like just to have a possible chance at yeah drafting him is far greater than any other thing that uh, than any like playoff run this year is going to give sure Portland Trailblazers fan like at, at what expense is like maybe Dame hitting a game winning shot and dragging them to maybe the second the round? Second like, round, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. even like, that seems fairly far fetched. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Go ahead, keep going. I talked about so but, long. Keep but going. like, at, at to you know, like what at what expense is that going to like be? To the point where you're going to try to give up this chance for Wembenyama, even yeah. though it's, like, very remote and very small. At, at To the yeah. point where it's, like, what is it, 14% now at the top of the draft? Yeah. Uh, or, or for the worst record in the league for him. But for him, you'd probably want to try to maximize your chances. And I think with all with that being said, like, do you want to list all the, the the rest of your tiers? Because I think I feel like you encapsulated everything that I was gonna ask Good. you as a Portland well, Blazers fan. Yeah, before before the Blazers, being a pseudo Blazers fan. Thank you, I appreciate that. Before we get off the Blazers thing, I just want to log two like points for the record, sort of, because I don't want to pretend like I'm completely un. I am going to watch this. I'm really excited to watch this team tomorrow night. And like the one, the one thing I would say is like, if I, if the Wenbinyama thing had like, if when, if this had been last year's draft class, you know, transposed on this coming year, I think I would have been more, more positive. Like, mm-hmm. I think I would have said something along the lines of, I remember the year when like, all like Wesley Matthews, Batum, Robin Lopez, and Aldridge all left, and they were having this new lineup of like CJ McCollum, Alfred Camino, Harkless, you know what I mean? Like, and yep. Miles My, My, Plumley, and everyone thought they were going to suck, and they ended up actually being good. Like, that's the goodness of Dame. Like, that's how good Dame Lillard is, and a similar thing could happen here. Like, in fact, they may actually have a more talented team here. Like, you know what I mean? And like, Mm-hmm. They could be like a six seed or something like that. And therefore it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like I, and you know what I mean? If after the first two weeks, this team actually looks pretty good. Maybe I'll change my tune a little bit, but I think a guy like when Binyama changes the cal is good enough to like change the calculus basically. Agreed. And I wonder if like teams will change the calculus. Like if the first month it looks like we're off to kind of what the Blazers look like at the beginning of last year, 
I wonder if if the calculus changes fairly quickly. But one thing, other thing I will just say to you, you're in your hypothetical. I'm not sure you get to have both. I'm not sure you get to tank and keep Dame. And if that mm, and if that rears its head, that question may. We don't have enough time to get into that, but that question may have to be answered. Who knows? It might not have to, but I do wonder if that 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 is more of a binary choice than than you alluded to. So that's interesting. I think I think the hope there is then like something like a like a I guess like a. Um, a nagging injury or something like that. That's crazy. yes, exactly. A repeat of that's, last year, basically. Right, right. A exactly. Of last year, basically. Yeah. Where where that, you that, won't that, have to make. Yeah, where you won't yeah, have the to decision. make decisions. Yep. Yeah. So totally. I think that's Agreed. probably the best hope if that's if so, that's uh, anything. So thank you. I appreciate that. So, all right. Let's. I I want what I want to do is kind of. I want to reverse rewind back. I'm going to give you all my tiers of like the bottom of the league again, sort of. And then maybe okay. we can have like three minutes on just tanking generally what we're expecting. Okay. And then we can I the draft and get out of here. So agreed. As I said, I had tier six, the sale nut fart noise slash. Should we be tanking tier Lakers, Blazers, Knicks, Bulls, tier seven, we're two sprained ankles away from tanking. Washington Wizards, Charlotte Hornets, Sacramento Kings. Tier 8, we're going to try for the first month, and then we're probably tanking. San Antonio Spurs, Indiana Pacers, Detroit Pistons. And then my bottom tier, are you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. Tier 9, Tankapalooza 2022, the Tankening, a.k.a. Tankin' 22 Electric Boogaloo. AKA who want a Wembenyama, AKA who want a Wembenyama, AKA scoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Oh, that's or good. I'm, or I'm going DEFCON three on playing bad basketball. My final Ooh. tier, Orlando magic, Utah jazz, Houston rockets, OKC thunder. I think that those are kind of the team's, the most likely Wembenyama teams who will be sort of bad from, from jump street. Um, so, so I'm interested to see if you diverge from that or how you categorize it. So go well, ahead. Yeah. I only had seven tiers in total. So these are the final two tiers for me. Um, the first one is building something, but probably not good enough to compete. Orlando okay. magic, Detroit Pistons, the Sacramento Kings. And then I just, I, I did not have as creative of a title for the last, <laughs> uh, for the last year. Uh, mine was just full on tanking. Um, yeah. Can we, can we start the process uh, tankers? Um, Houston yep. Rockets, OKC, San Antonio, Indiana, and the Utah Jets. So, yeah. Feels like we have the same amount of teams. Yeah, basically, uh, I just want to make one one sentence. I delineated the Spurs, Pacers, and Pistons, and maybe I should have delineated the Jazz too, because like mm-hmm. there's 
I think there's going to, I think low mentioned this on one of his pods. Like one of those teams is going to end up being, and may, or maybe it's a team like even the magic or something. There's going to be one team that kind of overperforms and ends up being kind of good. And I wanted to flag that. Like, is it pop such a good coach that he's able to elevate the Spurs? Is it like the jazz don't offload their assets quickly enough? Like, is it, you know, the Pacers kind of actually get scared of actually tanking so they don't offload their assets fast enough? Is it, you know, the Pistons did a good enough job of rebuilding that they're actually kind of good and therefore take themselves out of the Wembenyama sweepstakes? I wanted to flag those teams because I think they are slightly different from like an OKC or Rockets who are going to be bad from the jump so that'll that'll be interesting and you know there are always these teams that could come down to join them like a blazers like a kings you know so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out yeah i, I I'll, I'll say one like overarching thing and then i have i have a question to pose before we get to sure picks. so the one overarching thing thing about these teams are like like they wouldn't mind getting Victor Wembanyama, and like they don't, they wouldn't mind sucking. But I do think like yeah. Orlando, Detroit, and Sacramento are actually trying to build something um, aside sure. from like whether or not they do get Wembanyama. And so, OKC like, probably would have been trying to too had Holmgren not gotten hurt. Right? Agreed. Like there agreed. really actually I, was. No, there really is no like abyss. I guess the Jazz are now the abysmal team that ha- is truly just going to be tanking, right? Like, all of those yeah. teams have some sort Spurs of foundation. Are not that. Spurs, Spurs are not yeah. looking good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say, like, I, I would say Orlando, Detroit, and Sacramento, and, like, like, even Houston and OKC, like, they are building something, and it's somewhat intriguing. Like, the only sure. teams that I feel – don't really have a future at all and are really just trying to gut their teams are San Antonio, Indiana, and Utah. Um, And those are the three that I'm like, I'm just like, if I had to watch those teams play like on a night to night basis, it would be tough. Whereas with the other teams, like there's some hope there because you're, they're playing for the future. Uh, They're building something. So, the the only the last question is, and this is directly tying in Wembenyama, and like, out of all the teams that we've listed um, that have like a fairly viable shot, and the, the the and this is out of the tiers that we, the last two tiers that we listed, out of those teams, which like fit would you like the best in terms Ooh, of Wembenyama? Wow. Like in in terms of like. What would you, what team do you think Wembenyama would look like the best on out of the team, out of like, let's say those eight teams, Orlando, Detroit, Sacramento, Houston, OKC, San Antonio, Indiana, Utah. Because I'm curious to see where you take it. I don't know if it's best fit, but like when you gave me those options and like, it's kind of a thing where like, I don't think it would be fair, and I don't think a lot of people would be happy if he went here, but I'd love to see Holmgren and Wembenyama play together. Like, that mm. sort of. I just mm-hmm. think that that would be one of the most intriguing NBA front courts of all time, would it not? Yeah, see? that probably like, wow. yeah just brings you back to, like, the 80s. <laughs> yeah, 80s, but like, different. But, like, with this Very sort of different, freaky, yeah. 
this freakish 2020s athleticism would be would be pretty incredible um and i guess i guess yeah i i think i think actually i'll say that's a pretty solid number one I, i'm interested to hear what you what you would think i was gonna either go okc or detroit um but pistons were I, my number two i think pistons were my yeah. number two and i also kind of just the i the pacers thing just like because um uh just the Pacers thing because there is a little bit more established talent there might like could have some more plug and play type implications. But uh, I think the Pistons are a pretty solid choice. Also. also, also what's interesting, if you look at all the teams that are in that bottom, like here, aside from maybe Houston, like if you're coming from Paris, France, and you have to go yes, to correct. Orlando, Detroit, Sacramento, OKC, San Antonio, Indianapolis, or Salt Lake City, Utah. That I mean, that's a tough like coming from big big city to small market, which is which is like a fascinating thing to even think about. Um, but yeah, anyways, that was just like my one question for you in terms of Wembenyama. Uh, let's move on to the draft. Uh, let's let's move okay. on to um, our our wins pool, and we're gonna go rapid fire here. So yeah, we're um, not gonna elaborate at all. We're just gonna pick the teams. Uh, do you want to keep just track picking, of them, or should I? Um, I'll keep track of them, um, and then uh, why don't we? Yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll highlight I can keep my track. teams also to make it to make it yep. uh, so we have two records of it. Perfect. So. Uh, um, how are we determining? We're going to do it first? snake style, right? I was snake about style. to flip up. Yeah, so we'll do it snake style because normally we don't do that, but we start. Di- so I think snake style is better. I have a coin here, an online coin to, coin to flip. You call it heads or tails, and then you can pick first or second. Whoever okay. w- wins can, Who wins can choose. Okay. All right. Heads or tails? I... Tails. Okay. It's flipping. And it's landed on tails. So, would you like to okay. pick first or second? I'm choosing second. Okay. In our wins pool, I'm going to take the Milwaukee Bucks first overall. Okay. In our wins pool, pick number two, I am taking Golden State. Okay. And then for the third pick, I am choosing Boston Celtics. Okay, I think those are two good picks that put me in a sort of weird position. I think I'm going to eschew the team I like more for championship odds and pick a team that I think has more regular season potential. I'm actually going to take the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, okay. Oh, I get both, though. I get Yeah, you get both. You get both. Yeah, I forget. So, are we just picking two and two? I for, you're gonna have to keep yeah. track of this because my brain yep. is mush. Basically, two I'm gonna and take two. this. Okay, I'm gonna take the Sixers and the Clippers. Sixers and the Clippers. Okay. All right. For me, I am taking. Ooh, boy, this is tough. Um, I am taking the Nuggets. Okay. And then, do I do this? Oh, man. 
I'll take the Nuggets. I'll take the Nuggets and the Suns. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna keep it keep it chalky for. Actually, yeah. Mm, I'm definitely taking the Nets. Okay. And I'm choosing between two teams. Now I'm gonna stick to my guns. I'm going with the Grizzlies. Okay. Then I'm going. I'm going Miami. Okay. And New Orleans. Uh, I'm going with the Mavs. And you know what? Just to give them a quick shout out, because I think they're the most intriguing team we talked zero about, uh, the Toronto Raptors. I really, really like, I think this, they could end up being like top three and not top. I think they could end up being three or four in the East, surprisingly. Okay. Got it. Mm, That'll be interesting. All right, I'm going with the Wolves and the Cavs. Okay. I'm going to take the Atlanta Hawks, and then for the upside, I guess I'll take the Lakers, even though I'm a little bit bummed about it. Okay. Now this is where it gets difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know what? I'm going to take the Bulls. Okay. I think that's a good pick. And sorry to do this to you, but I'm going to take Charlotte. Okay. I'm fine with that. I'm happy to take the Blazers and the Knicks then. Blazers and Knicks. And then I guess I'll go Wizards. I'm going Wizards and Sacramento. Okay. I think that was probably what I would have done in your situation as well. Uh, I'll take the Pacers and the Pistons. Pacers. Ooh, interesting. All right. That gives me Orlando and – that gives me Orlando. Oh, my gosh. Who do I – Orlando and Houston. Okay. I want to do – I guess I'm taking two teams here, and then you get the last one. Let me see how many teams I have. I need 15. One, two, mm-hmm. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 10, 11, 12, 13. Yep, so I'm getting two here, and then you get the, the last one. Yeah, so I'm taking the Spurs and the Jazz, and you get stuck with the Thunder. Ooh, interesting. I, I kind of like the Thunder. <laughs> okay, interesting. As my last I just pick, think they're I the most. Like that. They're the team that starts the well. I guess not because they still have Shea, right? I guess I'm just yep. assuming Shea's getting like the thing about. I think the Jazz and the would you agree? Maybe the Rockets are the bottom too. I don't know, but I the Jazz and the, the Jazz kind of has the like how long will it take them to sell everyone off thing. And the Thunder mm. kind of has the they start with a very good player thing. So, all right, let's um, – do we wrap this up by just reading off our the teams we drafted real quick? 
Yep. So I'll read mine off, and then you could read yours okay. off. So I got Golden State, Boston, Phoenix, Denver, Minnesota Timberwolves, Miami Heat, New Orleans Pelicans, the Cavs, the Bulls, the Wizards, the Hornets, Magic, Kings, Rockets, Thunder. Okay. And I got the Milwaukee Bucks, LA Clippers, Philadelphia 76ers, Memphis Grizzlies, Brooklyn Nets, Dallas Mavericks, Toronto Raptors, Atlanta Hawks, Los Angeles Lakers, Portland Trailblazers, New York Knicks, San Antonio Spurs, Indiana Pacers, Detroit Pistons, Utah Jazz. I definitely think your team is better. Um, yeah, I think your team is better, but I do think I have some high ceiling teams in the middle that that could make it interesting. So I think we the shall high see. ceiling teams. I think the high ceiling teams are like the ones that you have, like the Toronto Raptors, Dallas, uh, the Grizzlies. Like that scares me a little bit, but. I feel good. These I feel things, good about this. They're always they're always twists and turns. And you never know how what'll really be interesting is like how delineated is that bottom from the re- like could there be more kind of polarization in like the win the low wind teams having really, really low wins, sort of, and where especially when you think about it, the West has so many more tanking teams than the East does. Right? Mm-hmm. Like the East, the only truly bad team, the only team we all both agreed was going to be bad was the Pacers, right? Like the mm. Hornets, the Wizards, they're going to have, like, all, you know what I mean? Like some of those teams are going to have to be bad, right? Like necessarily. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how all those wins and losses get distributed. Agree. All right, Andrew. Thanks again for joining me on this extravaganza of a podcast. Of course, every as single usual. year. Yep. And but it was fun. I had a lot of fun, man. Always a good time. And uh yeah, officially the NBA season starts at seven thirty three. So we yeah, pretty much just did getting it. ready to tip off. Right. So we pretty much made it before the tip. So no one can say that we cheated or anything like that. But Andrew, thanks again for coming on to the pod. Um, and we'll definitely have more throughout the year, um, especially if any crazy things happen. So, Andrew, thanks again, um, and until next time. Cheers, buddy.